This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. There's no doubt the mysterious warrior was a Sith. Mm. Always true there are. No more, no less. A master and an apprentice. But which was destroyed? The master or the apprentice? Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast, don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the scuttlebutt. Shield Control, transmitting code clearance on ISB Channel 4. This is Scarif Substation. Proceed to landing platform for further instructions from Scarif Control. Scarif Control, this is TK-226. Come in, Scarif Control. This is Scarif Station. Stand by. Yeah, we see heavy fire down below. Is the garrison deployed? We've had insurgents breach the shield. What's your status, TK-226? Control, just cleared the gate. Stand by to receive new orders. Scare of control. We'll coordinate an attack north of the Visage Ridge and send in the walkers. TK-226, this is Commander Milan. Proceed to the North Ridge and engage the rebels there. We've got them on the run, but we need your support. Repeat, we need your support! You've tuned in to the fastest-growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. What's happening, fellow Scuttle Buddies? We are live tonight here on the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, another live edition of our podcast. Welcome, everybody. I see people starting to line up in the chat. But no one has been earlier than Mr. Cam Ray, who has uh, put up a lawn chair and kicked back, waiting in line for the scuttlebutt. Uh, Let's uh, see who's here. Hold on a second. Let's get to this over here. Uh, Who do we have on the other side of that comm link? Mr. Sausage himself. Mr. Sausage himself. (laughs) Can you guys believe that Brad brought out the sausage gag? on the red five twitter account but uh as i said in our private chat uh, i might laugh but last time we got over twenty thousand impressions so keep that sausage going you know i think uh in this time we're not up to twenty thousand yet but i think we're already getting better responses uh if you could make me uh stop in my tracks for a second uh, you're, you're doing good with your uh sausage substitution for Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, that, that's always a blast. I looked down at my phone and I saw a sausage line and I'm like, oh, did he resurrect that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So for everybody in the chat, uh, this is what happens when you have over over uh, 3,000 pics in your uh, phone that you need to delete because you ran out of memory. And you're like, oh, it's the sausage meme. <laughs> and uh, I can post that. So all the uh, all the polls and uh, memes that you've seen uh, on the Red 5 network, as well as the Scare of Scuttlebutt. You can thank my phone cleaning for those. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Who do we have in the chat? 
Uh, let's uh, go down the line. Hello, everybody. Phoenix, Night Flame, Cam Ray, obviously. Mr. Charlie Skywalker. And uh, no, I was just listening to it this morning. I was listening to a couple of podcasts on our network <clears throat> on our network this morning. I think I finished up with, uh, a couple of days ago, I finished up with Salty's podcast. And I went down the, the line, finished up with uh, Coruscant Radio Underground, who had an amazing guest on on their uh, broadcast. They had uh, the Galactic Podcast, obviously another member of our Red 5 network team, and none other than author extraordinaire E.K. Johnston. That was a really great show. Uh, a lot of uh, nice little tidbits there that uh, they talked about. Queen Amidala and Padme. Good stuff. And uh, WSTR had uh, John Jackson Miller, yeah, on there, and I, I love I love his work. So that yeah, that's that's great. Uh, he really had uh, something going there. I think the the one I read was uh, Kenobi. Yeah, and unfortunately, they uh, I, if I remember correctly, that was like the last one to be released. One of the last ones to be released right before the uh, Disney buying out Lucasfilm. So. Uh, that one was the like the last one not to make the cut. That is correct. Who else do we see in the chat? Matt Vader, 74, of Salty Nerd Podcast fame. Matt Vader, how's it going? I hope uh, you guys had a good uh, record session. Uh, was it today? Today is Thursday. Is it today or yesterday? But, uh, yeah, if you guys are curious about the Salty Nerd, they are doing a Star Wars month. Obviously, uh, the month of May is uh, kind of the holy grail for us nerds, starting with May 4th and going all the way down the line to uh, May 25th, which is, uh, for me, it's more of a Star Wars day than May 4th because I am a purist. I was seven years old, sitting in that theater uh, chair, theater seat, uh, watching and... and um, becoming transformed as that star destroyer flew overhead but uh yes brad we got quite a topic tonight and i'm glad we are here with our friends uh more than two of our friends if you can uh all all five of them yeah my uh my brother from another mother mr cesar rodriguez if you guys remember we did a spanish scare podcast a while ago mr cesar was uh one of our co-hosts uh during that episode uh along with raul mares of uh mexico city a member of the 501st down there south of the border a uh, fantastic show if uh if you are of the spanish uh, language um uh, connoisseur you'd uh, check us out uh one of our back catalog episodes here on youtube you should be able to catch that as well say habla espanol everybody thank you very much el director george lucas y 20th century fox presentan star wars la guerra de las galaxias what else uh, who else we got we got pizza and parsecs i just finished listening to your episode your latest one and uh, like I said, we got to get them on board as well and uh, make sure that uh, we talk to them. And because um, we always we always like making Star Wars friends, right? Yep. And uh, Joseph, I don't think uh, I don't think any of us are ready for Portuguese yet. I don't think you want to hear that. Yeah, it's uh, very similar, but uh, I, I might be able to pick up uh, a word or two. And 
Shannon's Fandoms. Shannon, how's it going? I hope you are doing well. And I hope everybody's doing fantastic up here in the chat. Uh, let's get down to brass tacks, as they say. How's it going, Brad? You know, um, one of the things that we talked about last time during our Qui-Gon episode, which uh, it's already reached 100 downloads, and thank you guys. Thank you very much for checking that out. We love going deep with these topics. Uh, you know, sometimes there's just so much news that you can kind of report and kind of rehash from uh, some of our websites, but uh, we love really getting into deep discussions about some of these topics uh, when it comes to Star Wars, and uh, this is going to be another one. Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, we were brainstorming on what's going to come out next, and uh, uh, the rule of two, uh, which seems, well, it's always appropriate to talk about, but uh, talking about Darth Bane, the legacy of Darth Bane, and the rule of two, how it uh, came to be. Uh, how it's practiced, does it still count now? Those questions are out there. Uh, but it's it's one of my favorite topics for sure. Does it still count now? Yeah, because there was a whole like football stadium worth of Sith in that last movie. Uh, what was that all about? Uh, yeah. The, the, and they had the worst seats in the house too. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope they didn't pay much for those seats because, uh, and uh, I might uh, gripe a little bit of how they didn't use. Uh, I wanted them to use Corban or as they call it now, Moraban. If you had uh, Palpatine next to a statue of you know Ragnos, Mark Ragnos, or Xar Kun or something like that, can you imagine how cool that would be? But they went with a new planet, which is okay. That's funny. We got a, a, a funny, funny comment there. Uh, Joseph asking which one of us is the master and which is the apprentice. We're going to have to find out and see who survives. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the rule of two. We hear mention of this rule during our uh, you know viewing of some of the movies we got uh, you know Palpatine and Maul coming out in episode one saying at last we shall reveal ourselves to the Jedi um, obviously uh, some of the uh, I guess decanonized books between Plagueis and uh, Palpatine um, but uh, even going back uh, to the rule of two and some of the legacy books that uh, we are all familiar with. But uh, Brad, you know, there is one Sith Lord in particular that uh, is credited for this rule of two back in the day. And uh, I dare to venture to say his name. It is Darth Bane. Is that correct? It is correct. So the, the information that, you know, we're going to talk about here. Uh, it'll be a, you know, it'll go over both what we consider canon and legends. However, this time period is pretty untouched as far as canon goes. So uh, as I answered somebody on Twitter, I, I consider this all to be canon. Personally, it hasn't been really refuted uh, by anything currently in canon. So I don't see why any of this wouldn't count. It provides a little more detail. Um, but uh, Darth Bane, probably one of the smartest Sith ever, uh, he's up there with with Sidious for sure, 
I'll also make mention of the Darth Plagueis book, which if you've tuned into the Scarab Scuttlebutt in the past, you know that's one of my favorite Legends books is the Darth Plagueis book because it refers back to Darth Bane and the Rule of Two. But the trilogy that we're talking about is uh, Drew Carption uh, did the Darth Bane trilogy, trilogy. Now, you want to talk about writers I wish would come back to Star Wars. I wish Drew would come back. He wrote all these, uh, and he also wrote the Revan book and another book, if I remember correctly. But at least I, I remember the uh, Bane trilogy as well as Revan. So he's really a gifted writer. Darth Bane, uh, born in the Outer Rim. For anybody not familiar with his past, he was born on the Outer Rim, just a mining, you know, a mining colony really uh, called uh, Apatros. His original name was Dessel. He went by Des, and uh, he lost his mother uh, when he was very young. And, uh, you know, what, what makes him a, a, a great character is his compelling backstory. He lost his mother at a young age, and then he had an abusive father. Um, his father, it, you know, it says that he's abusive. Yep, uh, Cesar got that in the chat. It says that he's abusive. Uh, you can probably, I think, uh, probably some substance abuse there, some uh, spice or spirits or what have you. But, uh his father blamed him for his mother's, you know, death and his horrible life and all this and, uh, you know, and, and beat him mercilessly. And uh, that's why he got so hardened. Um, eventually, you know, his dad would call him the bane of his existence. Mm. And that's how we got the name Darth Bane. But, you know, he was just a, he was a miner. Uh, you know, he uh, you know, basically worked a jackhammer all day. That's how he became so built. And uh, but at night, there was a uh, one casino in the whole village that they'd all go to. He didn't realize he had force powers, but he would use his force powers just to cheat people out of a whole lot of credits. Uh, and it worked pretty well for him. Uh, he eventually ended up killing a uh, Republic uh, soldier or officer, I think it may have been, and uh, kind of got conscripted into the Republic Army. Uh, he eventually made his way to Korriban, though, to begin his Sith training. Yeah, it uh, it it goes pretty deep, pretty far back. Uh, Pizza and Parsecs did mention uh, here in the chat that Yoda, uh, there was a Yoda arc in the, uh, the Clone Wars, and he mentions Bane. We see Bane uh, as an apparition through Yoda's eyes, and that was really cool. Why do you come to my tomb, Jedi? Do you know who I am? Yes. Darth Bane. The ancient Sith Lord, you are. And know why I am not forgotten? Created the rule of two. You did. Uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, voiced uh, uh, by none other than uh, our favorite Jedi himself, Mr. Mark Hamill. Is that correct? I think that's true. I think so. If anybody yeah. wants to correct us, they can. But uh, yeah, um, I love that arc. Uh, there was a lot of deep introspection on the part of Yoda. The only thing uh, I didn't like about that is they they changed the look of Bane uh, from what sure. we know from the from the Legends books. Yeah. So he didn't have the same look to him, but it, it was a specter, a spirit anyway. So, of course, you could change look. Um, but yeah, Bane gives him a little bit of information um, about the rule of two. Uh, but that's far up. I mean, that's right before episode three. Sure. That that arc takes place. So yeah. The Sith killed each other, victims of their own greed. But from the ashes of destruction, I was the last survivor. 
I chose to pass my knowledge on to only one. I created a legacy so resilient that now you come before me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, Andy uh, from uh, the uh, Hollow Chronicles podcast, uh, we were trying to figure out how to do an episode about Star Wars names. You talk about Bane, the Bane of his existence. And, uh, you know, Star Wars uh, has a way of naming these characters. It's very interesting. Darth Sidious, Plagueis, he's a plague. So it's it's, it's really cool. It's interesting. It, it, it gives, uh, I guess, uh, a, a visual characteristic to, to the names. Um, so I, that's one of the things that I like about uh, all these uh, antagonists. You can totally tell right away just from their name what kind of bad guys they're going to be. Uh, you know, Darth Bane, obviously. Um, you know, there's a lot you can tell just by the name alone. So, uh, yeah, uh, Phoenix, Night Flame, Maul, very aggressive, animal-like, savage, oppress. I mean, come on. Does it get any obvious, any more obvious than that? Right. Uh, yeah, Maul's, uh, you know, they in the video games and other places, they classify the different types of Sith, and Maul's just what you call a Sith marauder. And they're just, you know, 100% use their anger channeling that to their physical abilities, so that's what they do. Brad, tell me a little bit about the Sith Brotherhood. You know, uh, was there any Sith before Bane, or is he the the, the original Sith? So yeah, no, there. This is the time of the. Uh, this is after Revan. So this is a thousand years before the original trilogy. A lot of the stuff people know as the Old Republic uh, time period is four thousand to five thousand years before the original trilogy. So quite some time had passed since if you know if you play uh, Swotor, if you played the old Kotor games, uh, those were about three thousand years before Darth Bane's time. And uh, so, you know, for all these millennia, the Sith and the Jedi are just going at it. The Sith tried to reform themselves a little bit, and they formed the Sith Brotherhood of Darkness, uh, led by a Sith named uh, Khan. His last name was Khan. You can, you can scream that if you want to. Um, K-A-A-N is his name if anybody wants to look him up. But uh, yeah, they, their form of a Jedi Council a little bit. Uh, they had a high Council of the Sith. In Darth Bane's eyes, they had grown too weak, too passive. And, uh, you know, they had lost the, what, it, what it meant to be a Sith. Darth Bane trained up, uh, worked for the Brotherhood of Darkness. And then uh, they got into this huge war, I mean, obviously, uh, with, the, with the Jedi. And there was a battle on the planet uh, Rusan. And uh, they came up um, with uh, what's known as the Thought Bomb. With this Thought Bomb, basically, it wiped out everybody for miles, uh, with the exception of Bane. So in the Legends, this is why the Jedi thought that the Sith were gone. Uh, because they, every, this was, they had gotten all the Sith onto Rusan, and then they, this, this, this bomb went off. So they thought the Sith had been wiped out. Um, but yeah, and this is, uh, you know, Phoenix Nightflame talks about the, the, the holocron that, that 
Bane found you can't beat you can't beat a story where you have one of the greatest lords of the Sith studying from one of the other greatest lords of the Sith, uh, Revan able to conquer both the dark side and the light side, and here you've got Darth Bane studying his holocron. That's how you can see how he became so knowledgeable and powerful. Yeah, so he you know he he wiped out the the Sith and all the Jedi in the area, and it was just him left, and you know that's when uh, he. Uh, came up with the rule of two. Satya, what's wrong? I sense a great darkness. Sith Empire has returned. And I want to I want to harken back to that uh, cinematic for one of the games when uh, the, sh- the Sith ships uh, appear on the horizon. Oh yeah! And the one guy goes, "The Sith Empire has returned." Yeah, yeah. So uh, they they every time the Jedi think that the Sith are gone, they just uh, they they come back again. And that and that was you know that was one of the battles that was about four thousand years. So the Kotor series happens about forty three hundred years before the original trilogy. And then the Swotor series happens about 4,000 years. So there's about 300 years between uh, Revan's time and the uh, Swotor series that, uh, that you're talking about there. But yeah, so they, they're, they're just like, uh, you know, basically the hemorrhoids of the universe. You, know, you just can't get rid of them. Nice. Coming back. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for that visual, Brad. Yep. Uh, They've escaped, Master. You failed. No, Malgus. This is only the beginning. Yes. After a thousand years, Korriban is ours again. Welcome home. You know, when it comes to thinking about how the sith operate uh it's very it's very there's like a toxic environment where one wants to covet the other's powers and so forth i mean you know for that kind of environment the the rule of two kind of seems to make sense because you don't want to be you don't want to compete with other sith that want to do the same thing that you do to your master so it does seem like you know the rule of two is kind of a smart way to play it as long as that master is uh you know smart about it cunning uh controlling and is able to you know get to the next level as far as what he wants to accomplish um you know in a smart way without uh messing things up if you know what i mean and you know the the one that comes to mind that kind of uh you and i talked about it before the one sith lord that uh played the long game would be sidious palpatine himself and uh to be able to do everything that he did um you know right under the nose of the jedi uh jedi council is a pretty phenomenal feat. Um, But uh, getting back to the early Sith Brotherhood, uh, why did they need, why why do you feel they needed to to create this rule? Well, it's kind of like you said, and if for anybody that's played the SWOTOR series, uh, the the online game, 
Uh, it's very realistic as far as the relationship among the Sith. I'm personally kind of on the fence. Uh, you know, you thought it was a smart move. I'm kind of on the fence on it. Uh, to me, the, the Sith Empire, and I see it as survival of the fittest. Either you're, in, in, but that's that's on a mass scale. You know, uh, they're they're they are mm. all conniving. They're all working against each other. Um, but uh, so you're thinking about the Sith. They have the Jedi as the enemy. They do have other enemies out there as well. Um, Mandalorians didn't really like any Force users, um, so they would battle. You know, both groups. Uh, but then you had the Sith fighting amongst themselves. I can see Bane's mentality that this was not working out. But at the same time, I think it bred the smartest and the strongest Sith among them. Um, so was it a smart move? I, I guess the the answer to that can be found, found in the results. You know, like you were saying with Sidious, ultimately now uh, we can uh, have a talk. Did it stretch that out? Did it stretch out the timeline for the ultimate uh, revenge of the Sith? Yeah, probably. Most definitely. But was it the smart way to go? I mean... Sidious was able to pull it off with all of his knowledge and experience from the last thousand years of this relationship, this type of relationship. So I guess it was the smart move. Um, you know, how the relationship works, I guess uh, the, the best way to talk about that is from a a quote from Darth Bane himself. He picked up uh, an apprentice early on, uh, Darth Xana. I'm sure uh, folks in the chat will recognize that name. Uh, she She's awesome. Uh, she's a badass. Um, but, you know, early on he says, there are no other Sith. One master and one apprentice. One to embody the power, the other to crave it. So that really encapsulates how the master and apprentice relationship works on the Sith side of the house. You have the master teaching the apprentice, but you can see, you know, the Darth Plagueis book talks about this a lot. The master doesn't tell the apprentice everything. The, the, the Jedi do that. The Jedi want to bestow as much knowledge as they can to their apprentice. The, the Sith don't work that way. Yeah, and that's one of the big differences. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got you've got the Jedi who are propagating their uh, their doctrine uh, to as many people as they can reach. Obviously, being force sensitive, they bring them in, they teach them. Uh, you know, when we were together with Alex, we were talking a little bit about that and how that uh, reflects. Uh, you know. Uh, like the Crusades and 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 religion on on this in this world, and uh, you know, so there's many Jedi, um, and we all know for the most part what their goal was. But when it comes to Sith and the rule of two, what was the goal of the Sith working in such close proximity? Um, and obviously, we know what happens with uh, with Darth Sidious, but uh, back in the day, I guess. What was the the goal of the Sith that they were just it was just two of them? What what would they be able to accomplish in in that fashion? So on, on the basic level, yeah, they would you know impart some knowledge. They didn't impart a lot of knowledge of the dark side on the apprentice. But uh, if I was to put in one word, I would say hunger. 
you want the apprentice to hunger for that power. They should constantly be trying to overthrow the master. Obviously, you don't see this on the Jedi side of the house, but the apprentice should be trying to overthrow the master the entire time. They should be learning more and more about the dark side to eventually become so powerful where they can usurp the master and become the master. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the Jedi just graduate to the next level. The Sith, you have to earn it, uh, you know, tooth and nail, uh, you know, blood and bone. And uh, so the apprentice will either become powerful enough to overthrow the master or the master will kill the apprentice uh, and, uh, you know, get a new one. Or, you know, you see this with, uh, you know, to put it in context, you see it with Dooku and with Anakin in episode three. Um, if you're not powerful enough for the, uh, for the master, they will find another potential apprentice and let those two duke it out. And the winner gets to be the apprentice. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it is still survival of the fittest, but on a on a microscopic level, instead of the the macroscopic when when there was thousands of Sith out there. Have you come to be my apprentice? You must kill me to gain my place. Dead, you are already. <laughs> So before you, uh, before I interrupted you, you were talking about how the rule of two works. Um, so if you can finish your thought, you know, you've got these two individuals that are powerful in the dark side of the force. Like, how does this start? A master doesn't want to be without an apprentice for too long. Um, so they, they will go out there. There are force sensitives out there and they will, they will seek those. And the way the Sith work is, uh, they look for people like Bane was Dessel. Uh, they look for people that have had uh, to grow up the hard way, school of hard knocks, that type of thing. And they've, you know, that have insecurities, anger management issues, that sort of thing. And uh, they sort of recruit them to become an apprentice. Anakin Skywalker, had he not been picked up by the Jedi, would have been the perfect recruit uh, for direct, directly for a Sith Lord. They look for people that are strong in the force, but have these issues already. Whereas the Jedi want to pick the, you know, get them as younglings, you know, um, you know, before they're two years old and raise them, you know, straight as Jedi. The Sith want young kids that have been, um, you know, either abused or just uh, had hard lives. That way they can uh, really mold them and uh, harness that anger and that rage to become more powerful. Um, and, and bit by bit, they will uh, give them dark side knowledge, but never 100%. So they have to find out the hard way, uh, the other, you know, whatever percentage of the lesson that they had learned, they have to learn it the hard way. Um, 
because the master will never, the master is always holding stuff from the apprentice. You see this with Vader and with, with Sidious, uh, especially if you read the books and the comics. Sidious is always holding things back from Vader, not telling him things, not, you know, even in uh, Return of the Jedi, he didn't even let Vader know his plans. And they, they, their relationship had gone on for many years before that. Uh, so yeah, that's really the way it works. They, you know, to teach and to continuously try to overthrow each other. Tatooine is sparsely populated. If the trace was correct, I will find them quickly, Master. Move against the Jedi first. You will then have no difficulty in taking the Queen to Naboo to sign the treaty. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. You have been well trained, my young apprentice. We, as fans, obviously know that uh, how this whole story kind of uh, rolled out. Uh, Palpatine being the senator on Naboo through the story of the prequels, uh, the original trilogy, where uh, Palpatine and Vader are, uh, you know, top-notch uh, head honchos, and then to the uh, sequel trilogy, where um, you know apparently the Empire's gone, but the First Order's here, and. Uh, to quote a line that uh, Poe said, somehow Palpatine survived and uh, he's back. So that period of time, for lack of a better words, is, it's, it's short. It's a microcosm of the entire existence of the Sith and the Jedi from millennia before this time that we're familiar with. So how long did the rule of two last before that rule was kind of, and I don't think it was broken yet because obviously um, Sidious and Vader were uh, master and apprentice to, for lack of a better term. So how long before the story that we know did all of this, this uh, rule of two still happen? So the Darth Bane started the rule of two about a thousand years okay. before the original trilogy. So it's been going on. Uh, I think it does. I mean, if it's not broken after Return of the Jedi, it's it's yeah. severely cracked. Uh, if it's not completely broken. Well, Palpatine um, wanted to look for another apprentice for the most part in the sequel trilogy. Some people can argue that Palpatine was looking for, you know, his offspring. Which at this point, spoilers, uh, it it would have been Ray. No, so he still wanted an apprentice. He still wanted to be a master, but maybe through another body, if if that uh, story had been played out. The life force of your bond. A diamond in the force. The power of two restores the one true emperor. Hard yes, to say. no, hard to say. Yeah, so, so, some people, uh, I haven't read the, I'm actually just started the novelization. And some people say there's more information in the, in the novelization for episode nine might provide a little bit more insight. Pizza and Parsec says, do you think it kind of broke a bit with Maul? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, so the what you need to know about the rule of two, and especially Sith like Sidious, is they're always thinking ahead. Uh, and I posted this on Twitter. Twitter. What I like about Sith is they always have a contingency plan. They're always hedging their bets. So, um, so yeah, he's got Maul, but... Uh, you know, if you read the Plagueis book and stuff like that, he's he's already working on Dooku. So they already have Plan B and Plan C lined up. Uh, I don't think 
Darth Maul knew, I mean, we can see from the Clone Wars that Darth Maul did not know his place in the whole thing. Darth right. Maul, when we talk about Sith Marauders, he was a straight Sith Marauder. He just wanted to kill things. And that's what Sidious needed at the time. So he just let him do that. Uh, Sidious was, or um, sorry, uh, Darth Maul was dying to be left, let off his leash and just start killing Jedi. But Sidious is like, no, it's not time for that. There's some great old comic books and old, old uh, Maul books where he just wants to go kill Jedi. And Sidious lets him, but only to a certain extent. But yeah, I don't think it was broken at that time. I think, uh, you know, what you see with Maul and, and then with Dooku and then Vader, that's exactly how the master and apprentice relationship works uh, for the Sith. And Palpatine, uh, you know, like Lauren says, Palpatine was 20 to 30 steps ahead of everyone. Absolutely. I mean, Vader was part of the looking ahead after Maul. Um, you know, Maul had expended his usefulness and Palpatine was dispatched to uh, take care of him and his brother, as we saw in those episodes of uh, Clone Wars. And uh, he did it well. He uh, pretty much... Didn't he kill uh, Savage? Yep. And, and, uh, and pretty I, much left uh, Maul wounded. Uh, but yeah, Vader was basically kind of the look ahead after Maul. Yep. Pizza and Parsecs provide a little more clarification uh, about Maul uh, and what they're asking there. So yeah, in the Plagueis book, um, he, he talks about this. You know, this is where I have to put in that that disclaimer that the Plagueis book, as much as I hate to say it, is not currently canon. So did it really happen? We don't know. It's a legend. Um, but yeah, they, um, you know, we, that's one of the topics we're going to talk about. Do they break the rule of two? I, we, you know, we're, we're talking about it now, so we might as well just get into it. Do they break the rule of two? Uh, I think so. Um, if they don't break it, they bend it as much as they can. I think you have to, because they never want to be without an apprentice. So there will always be somebody in the wings. Uh, waiting. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if they all know the rule of two, um, why would uh, Luke or why would Vader try to help Palpatine try to turn Luke if he knows there's the rule of two, unless he's 100% betting that him and his son can take out Palpatine? Um, you know, why would Dooku try to help turn Anakin uh, if if he knew the plot um, or the plan? Uh, yeah, they, they they bend it for sure. Because, like I said, it is still survival of the fittest. So they always want to have somebody waiting in the wings to try to take their... Uh, oh, yeah. So Lauren with a great quote, which is so much more powerful if you read Darth Plagueis right before. If, if you want a great experience, like I tell people, read uh, you know, read Tarkin right before you watch Rogue One and, and A New Hope. Uh, for, for episode one, read Plagueis right before you watch episode one. Read the book and then watch the movie. And even the opening crawl will will make so much more sense. The taxation of trade routes that they talk about, which seems really boring. You understand what that means if you read the Darth Plagueis book. As once I fell, so falls the last Skywalker. <laughs> Palpatine, Lauren said, 20 to 30 steps ahead. I mean, everybody else was playing checkers in the entire galaxy. Even the Jedi were playing checkers. And he was playing masterful chess. And, uh, you know, in the Plagueis book, it kind of suggests that Plagueis created Anakin. 
the comic books now kind of suggest that Sidious created Anakin. We don't know. It could could be one of them. It could just be the Force. But either way, yeah, they were definitely planning ahead. It was always the plan to have Anakin turn to the dark side. Great, uh, great insight there. So um, let's jump right into the uh, part of the story that uh, everybody's familiar with. Uh, Sidious, Maul, Vader, Luke. does seem to me that Vader might have also had plan planning ahead, uh, especially with uh, Luke, whether he thought he was going to turn Luke and then both of them were going to get rid of uh, Palpatine uh, might be a questionable or arguable uh, theme. But uh, I do feel that once Vader realized that Luke was out there and Luke's significance, I think he set uh, some plans into motion. You know, getting back to some of the um, extra material, uh, the game, for instance, Vader Immortal, we've got uh, Darth Vader kind of leading up to the fact that he really wanted to mess with the dark side alchemy and try to bring Padme back. He was still on that uh, road to somehow reconnect with Padme. I, I guess my headcanon is that, uh, you know, during all that, once he realized that uh, Padme uh, was gone and that was no longer an option, and we see that in uh, Charles Soule's book, uh, The Darth Vader Run, if you guys haven't uh, checked that out, it's a, a, really great, uh, a really great comic series. Once those options were... Um, pretty much gone and he realized that was not going to happen he turned his attention to luke and his significance and i guess you know if the mother's gone uh you want to keep your family close uh you realize what significance luke has to himself and to padme obviously that uh he would turn his attention to luke and either turning him over to the dark side or bringing him on to destroy Palpatine and ruling the galaxy as father and son, like he said, in The Empire Strikes Back. You know, I, I think maybe at that point, that's when the rule of two starts to kind of morph into something that uh, we never really got to see fleshed out. Before I get into that, I'd like to comment on something uh, from the chat. And uh, Phoenix Nightflame talks about the, we just had the discussion about who created Anakin over the last couple episodes, you know, that we've had as well as some of the chats that we've had on our Friday night chats, we talked about, you know, the will of the force, uh, you know, was it the force that, you know, executed order 66 basically to have a fresh restart. And, and I said no on all that. Uh, but I really like where Phoenix's uh, head is at on this. Um, this is something I could see the forest doing, uh, and that's creating Anakin, creating Anakin to uh, counterbalance Sidious and Plagueis. I, I like that notion, um, and I'd be I'd be willing to roll with that uh, for some personal headcanon. But yeah, I'll, for for Vader, a lot of the good stuff does happen in the comic books. Some of the greatest moments we have right now are from the comic books. Um, the old Star Wars run and uh, the the Vader run that was running simultaneously with it. it, you know, the rule of two, I think, like you said, really starts to break down when Vader finds out that he did have a son out there. So his whole reason for going to the dark side to save Padme and to save his kids was all a bunch of BS that Palpatine had lied to him. And when he had that moment, if anybody knows what I'm referring to, it's, you know, it's a powerful moment. He's on the bridge of a star destroyer and, and, you know, he, he cracks the glass 
uh, of the viewing window when he finds out that he has a son out there, the one that destroyed the Death Star was his kid. And uh, that's, you know, so the whole reason why he turned to, you know, Palpatine lied to him. He said the only way you can save her is to become more powerful on the dark side. And once he found that out, yeah, that that may have been for him when the rule of two was out. Whether he was doing that for good reasons or bad reasons, depending on how you want to look at Vader, was it just the simple Sith I'm trying to overthrow my master, be, you know, rule the universe uh, with my son. Or was it the, you know, the, the good that was within him uh, just simply trying to kill uh, the emperor uh, and restore balance that, you know, that's that's up for debate. And that's how you see uh, that's how you personally see Vader. But, yeah, I think that's when the rule two really started to break down. What would you think would have happened if um, if Vader did have that plan? Uh, all along to bring uh, Luke into the fold. They destroy Palpatine. And then what? Do you think that uh, Vader would have uh, transformed Luke to the dark side? Or do you think that good that uh, Luke felt in his father would have come out and he would have been able to almost um, self-redeem and uh, you know, kind of turn back? Would he be the, the one... Uh, you know, individual that uh, that pretty much, you know, fleshed all dark side from his his own body, his own self, in order to you know free himself from that evil and bring balance back to the universe. How amazing would that have been? The emperor has been expecting you. I know, father. So you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. Luke was teetering. You can see it in Return of the Jedi. And if you read the current Star Wars, the one that just started back up, uh, you know, before, uh, you know, before the the pandemic and all that, um, I think it's like four issues in. Uh, it happens, starts right after episode five. And he's already getting angry um, mm -hmm. because of the events at the end of Empire Strikes Back. And he's, you can see him teetering in, Re, in uh, Return of the Jedi. It, it would have been a coin toss. He was very close. Um, you know, we we're on edge until the end of Return of the Jedi. I think there's a good chance that he may have turned. And we've talked about Leia in the past. We've talked about Leia many times. Um, you know, it may have had to have been Leia then that saved or redeemed uh, Luke at that point. Um, because he turned and, uh, you know, as we all most probably know by now Yoda wanted to tr uh, train Leia anyway instead of Luke um, because she was much more mature, much more balanced than what Luke was. He was very much like his father. So I think there's a good chance that Luke could have turned to the dark side. And, uh, you know, we we even see that, you know, in The Last Jedi. You see that he's, you know, that moment that he has with, with uh, Ben, you know, he, it's just a moment. But, you know, he thinks about killing his nephew. Um, so, you know, he has, you know, just the same as Kylo does. They have all these these moments um, where, you know, they, they could turn. 
So I think Luke definitely did have it in him to turn to the dark side. And I think it would, would have been a um, pretty powerful story if Leia would then have been the one to redeem Luke after that. Damn it, Death, why did she die? You know, you talked a little bit about, uh, early on, we talked a little bit about Yoda. I guess, you know, th- this could be another subject, but, uh, you know, we did talk a little bit about uh, this in the our Qui-Gon episode where we talked about, uh, you know, w- when a Jedi passes, you uh, see that Jedi kind of go back to the living force, hence, you know, the force ghost. But this uh, for the Sith, it's it didn't happen like that. Um, there are secrets, uh, in the force that does not allow a Sith to, uh, roll back into the, 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 the bigger, you know, the, the bigger picture here is that what, what have you found out about, uh, that phenomenon with the Sith? Yeah. The, the Sith aren't, uh, the Sith aren't worried about that. Quite frankly, they want, uh, they're for the instant gratification. They want satisfaction. They want, uh, power. Uh, and everything that goes with it right here and now, they are not worried about, you know, what happens in the afterlife if there is one, um, except for the far thinking ones uh, like Sidious, obviously. Um, but the ones that are just flat out filled with rage, um, then uh, they don't care about that. But uh, going back to Darth Bane, there's a question as to did he transfer his uh, I think they called it essence transfer. Uh, did he transfer that to Xana or somebody else when he died? That was another thing. And that's pretty much what uh, Palpatine did as well. So maybe Darth Bane's lineage goes farther than people think. Um, so you have the forward thinkers like Darth Bane and Darth Sidious. The rest aren't worried about that. One thing that's always bugged me is when did Anakin learn this power? Now, when obviously in 1983, when Return of the Jedi came out, you know, there, you know, we didn't have all this expanded knowledge and uh, stories about the the Force, um, so it just made sense to have, you know, Anakin come back as a ghost. Um, but now, knowing what he what we know, it, it, it begs a good question: When in all his, you know, in the last twenty years, twenty five years, did he learn this ability? He was much more of a learner, obviously. Anakin was always a learner. So there's a good chance he got got his hands on some holocrons, but uh, that that was kind of bugged me. How Anakin, you know, like you said, Sith aren't really too concerned about that, except for a few of them. But yeah, there's you know S's transfer. They talk about it in 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 or I'm sorry, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, but that does actually go all the way back to Darth Bane in his time. Oh, they're called wayfinders now, by the way, not holocrons with aux inputs, right, Lauren? first time we hear about the rule of two is at the big or at the, I'm sorry at the end of attack uh, man I can't talk tonight uh, first time we hear about it is at the end of the Phantom Menace well that's nice does yours have uh, Darth Bane talking no but I can I can uh, hook up a VHS machine to the bottom so okay um, you know at the end uh, where Mace Windu and Yoda are talking Yoda says, you know, always or 
there, two there are, no more, no less. The question is um, that I was going to pose to you and anybody uh, uh, that in the chat is, how did Yoda know this? How did Yoda know that there's only two? If so, I think you know. You know uh, he is he is nine hundred years old. So well, yeah, but so you know, I'm a big fan of the uh, the phrase cognitive dissonance, and and the Jedi are the most guilty of that. Um, you know, you have Mace like, oh my God, this can't be the Sith. The Sith, they're long right. gone. Yeah. Uh, they've been gone for a thousand years. So if they thought they had been gone for a thousand years. You know, how did he know that there was a master and apprentice at all time? So, you know, it kind of backs up my, uh, my my theory that the Jedi are just constantly in denial about everything. Um, and I'm not aware personally, I think I've read 95% of the canon that's out there at least, of any canon references to how Yoda would have known that there was this master and apprentice relationship among the Sith. So I don't know. That might just be a mystery that remains out there for the time being. Didn't uh, that apparition that apparition of Bane tell him? Yeah, but that was many years that, after. That was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was right before episode three when he had that. If that had happened before, yeah, that would have made sense. Sure. Uh, but that happened uh, what to thirteen years after Prior. that moment. Yeah. Um, so. I'm not sure how Yoda knew that. Did the rule of two help or hurt the Sith in the long run? What do you guys think of that? So personally, I think I think it slowed things down for them, but I think that was necessary. Uh, you're talking about people, you know, this group had been at war with the Jedi for at least, let's see, there was the earliest stories were 5,000 years, at least 4,000 years, probably closer to 10,000 years. They had been at war with the Jedi uh, and that was getting nowhere. So at some point, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I think it was necessary. They needed to change up their, their strategy. I think it definitely stretched it out the, the plan. But uh, I think, uh, like I said, the proof is in the results and being able to not only overthrow the Republic, but destroy the entire Jedi order in the process. You know, I, I think it was necessary. Yeah. And they, and they definitely, as Cam says, they definitely were at their darkest. That's the way this whole relationship worked. They wanted to take each other to the next level, but that next level was, you know, level of darkness. You know, I really, really, really hate you. And you see that with the Sidious and Vader, like if you listen, uh, you know, read the dark Lords of the Sith book, by uh, uh, Paul Kemp. Sidious is just torturing Vader the entire time. He's bringing up Padme and how he failed at that and you know everything else. So they want to get him to that next level of being mm -hmm. uh, hateful and angry and you know their, their dark side ability. The dark but, side is a pathway to many abilities some may consider to be unnatural. So I just put it in the chat to see if uh, some of uh, our friends in the chat would be willing to come up with a couple of sentry mode questions for us to tackle. And uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Anybody got any sentry mode questions? And while you guys are thinking of your sentry mode questions, just remember that I uh, have you know competed and won in the uh, Dragon Con Star Wars trivia. This is sentry mode. Oh, God. Lauren's, Lauren's leaving to get some questions. Yeah. That's not good. 
that's not good but uh anyways uh while we're waiting for sentry mode i just want to uh give a quick shout out lauren romo is half of the galactic podcast i always got to say that uh that say it that way the galactic podcast obviously uh because of uh lauren and cousin andrea they uh, are uh, scoring a big home run this weekend. Uh, they are interviewing Mr. Kevin Kiner. Keener? Kiner? Kiner, I think. Kiner. Um, we all know uh, Double K there with uh, music to the Clone Wars and Rebels. It uh, is an amazing, that's going to be an amazing show. And I uh, can't wait to uh take a listen to that so here we go um matt vader from the salty nerd podcast has our first sentry mode question and uh that would be the following matt vader 74 asks who founded the brotherhood of darkness brad that's a question for you who founded the brotherhood of darkness i know who yeah (laughs) I know who led the Brotherhood of Darkness. It's been um, guys, it's been years since I actually read the Bane trilogy. Uh, I know Khan K A A K A A two two A's K A A N Khan uh, led the Brotherhood of Darkness. I, I want to say he founded it too. I, they all have kind of weird names in the Brotherhood of Darkness, uh, but uh, Khan is my final answer on that one. Let me know if I'm right, Matt, or not. Trying to remember who founded it. What was his first name? Shit. Uh, Sheer. Uh, Sheer. Uh, started with an S. Sheer. Oh, correct. Sheer Khan. Woohoo! All yeah. right. When I just remember Shao Khan, and to me it always sounded like Shao Khan, like they just ripped it off directly from from Mortal Kombat. Yes. All right. Phoenix Flame, coming up with the next question. Sentry mode. How many ships survived the Battle of Yavin? I'm going to have to go back into my brain and rewind to that point where the Death Star blows up and the ships are coming towards us. Let's see here. Scarecom. That's what it is. Uh, are we talking about uh, Rebel or Imperial ships? Oh, yeah. You can uh, you can add uh, Vader's Advanced TIE Fighter yeah, to that number. Advanced TIE Fighter um, is the only death, uh, Imperial one that you see left. Let's see. Are you talking, oh, wait, Falcon, you're talking about... Falcon. So, you know, you're thinking of Return of the Jedi. The, the, it was just X-Wings that were left. Uh, so, actually, oh, so oh, that would have been... So, it have been Luke and uh, Han and Wedge. Um, and... Uh, and, well, Vader on the other side. Uh, Big, yeah, so Wedge, uh, Wedge took off. Biggs died. So, does that leave four? Yeah, I think a, a lot of us old timers have that film kind of ingrained in our in our brain, so we can kind of rewind and fast forward to any part of the movie to kind of pick apart uh, what we see there. So, thank you very much, Phoenix Night Flame, for that question. Sentry mode. Anybody else got any more questions? We got two down, three to go. Lauren hasn't come back yet. Lauren hasn't come back. Uh, Phoenix Night Flame. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that's our final answer. Guys in the chat and folks that are listening to uh, the podcast episode, if you guys have not checked out red5network.com, 
I would behoove you to go check out red5network.com. Check out some of the other content creators we have on there as part of the network. You guys will find that uh, there's a lot of really great Star Wars content creators and non-exclusive Star Wars content creators like the Salty Nerd Podcast, uh, who uh, is a really great friend of Scarif. So go check them out. Oh, there you go. So you win because uh, Ro did say in one random Y-winger. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're going to ask a video game question here. Video game achievement count? Oh, oh. I don't know about all that. A question about a video game achievement count. <laughs> we'll try it, Frank. I mean, you're, you're here with us, so why not? Might as well. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up button on this live Scarif episode. And uh, you know us. We got to put these things together. So uh, hopefully uh, in the next couple of days, we'll put this together with all the bells and whistles. And we'll include all of your questions in Sentry Mode. And some of your interactions give you guys a shout out as well. On the next Scarif Scuttlebutt, episode 27, The Rule of Two. Phoenix Nightflame is getting stills from the film and double checking. So that's yep. that's pretty funny. Yes. Uh, Framey, that's, that's a good question. In the first Force Unleashed game, you get an achievement for killing stormtroopers as you play Vader at the beginning. What was that achievement called? And I'm going to kick myself because that, I, I, that's one of my favorite. That probably is my favorite Star Wars game. Um, and it's got a funny name. It's not Traitor. I'm gonna guess traitor, but I don't think that's correct. It's got a funnier name than that. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I remember. I remember it's a funny name. I just don't remember what it was. I'm looking at uh, back to Phoenix Night Flame. I'm looking at a still, and it's two X wings, the Falcon, and a random Y pilot, Y wing pilot. Worst Frank's day shift manager, shift manager ever. Yeah. ever. You must have just recently played that. Uh, Cam, that is a trick question. Uh, Cam, yeah, you I know have- what? Hold on a second. It's not a trick question. We all know who shot first. Come on. No, it's a trick question because only one person shot. <laughs> My funky. Uh, Han shot first and only. Don't don't believe the special edition hype. Ah, one. So, Phoenix, who was in the Y wing? Four rebel ships, one Empire. Yeah, we we counted Vader. Yeah. So. Gotta love it. So where are we here? We got uh, the question from Frank and Amy. Did we answer that? Uh, yeah, it, it was the worst uh, day shift manager ever. That, uh, that was actually the answer. Oh, okay. Since it's not technically canon, we didn't get it wrong. But that's a, it was a, still a good question. <laughs> Excellent. Let's that's the best here. part about that game. That's the best part being a, a Sith. You know, you can just... It doesn't matter who's in your way. You can just fling them out of the way or use them. Thank you very much for that. Phoenix Knight Flame, the Y-Wing pilot, was a pilot named Keon Farlander. That's actually a good name. Uh, that that makes sense because uh, I recently got back into playing Star Wars Armada with my son, and one of the X, or, I'm sorry, Y-Wing squadrons you can have is specifically Keon uh, Farlander. So I guess that makes sense. That is true. Oh, Pizza and Parsecs has a question up there. Pizza and Parsecs has a question for Sentry Mode, and it is, what was the number of the trash compactor on the Death Star? Uh, let's see. 
I'm trying to like rework that line that uh, Luke had. Fun fact, while we're uh, filibustering and trying to think of the answer, uh, a lot of people don't know that Mark Hamill actually busted a blood vessel in his forehead shooting that scene because he was trying to strain so hard being smashed by the trash compactor. Uh, that's how hard he was straining. Three eight six three eight two seven. I don't know, something like that. So, something like that, yeah. I know we get we didn't get it exactly right, but we're trying to kind of, you know, we just got our new AARP membership, so give us <laughs> a break. Yeah, that was super close. Just again trying to rework that line. Three two six three eight two seven. I mean, I, I, I mean, we passed the question. I mean, we're definitely. <laughs> Maybe not a hundred percent pass, but yeah. uh, did Lauren ever come up with a question? Lauren, you got about one minute to come up with a question. <laughs> That's going to be a doozy then. She's she's probably going to that old uh, "How well do you know Star Wars" book, the one that had all the impossible questions in it. Yeah. And folks, while we're waiting for Lauren to stump the crew here, I want to remind you guys: if you guys have any uh, questions or comments about a specific topic. Or just want to say hello to Team Scare, if you can give us a call at 773-234-8659. We've got that hotline set up for you guys. Call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't care what time, just give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what is on your mind. 773-234-8659. Or send us an email, scuttlebutt at gmail.com. All right, we are back with Lauren. She's got a sentry mode question, and that is, what was the call sign of the clone pilot that assisted Anakin and Obi-Wan to reach the invisible hand? What is oddball Alex? Or Lauren in this case. <laughs> oddball dude, copy. What an oddball. Yep. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> you went all that time all right. to give me an oddball question? Come on, Lauren. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And look who showed up, Mr. Salty Nerd himself, Mr. Salty Nerd and the Salty Nerd Podcast. Thank you for coming by. And yes, hit the like and uh, make sure you check back often because... Uh, we like to go live. This is Sentry Mode. Check out more trivia at sporkle.com slash games slash subcategory slash Star Wars. That's S-P-O-R-C-L-E dot com. And feel free to follow me on Twitter at TrevorBeast454 as there's a 90% chance that I'll follow you back. Thank you, Scare Podcast, for this wonderful opportunity, and may the Force be with you. Let's remind the folks, we had a uh, contest going, Scare of 2001. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and uh, how long is it going for? So, uh, if people want more information on this, they can go to my personal account. Uh, for anybody not following me yet, uh, on Twitter, at JediMindTrick79. Jedi Mind Trick 79. Uh, look at the pinned tweet on my account, and you'll find the thread there. I think there's eight total tweets about it. 
But uh, take a look at the Scarif 2001. Uh, that's the giveaway. I'm trying to uh, get up. Uh, we're trying to build the community up to for the Scuttlebutt uh, to 2001 followers. And uh, I'm uh, cheating. Uh, Roe thought that we could get it done by the end of June. I was trying to get it done by May 19th. Uh, right now, it's not looking good for the home team. Uh, we are somewhat behind my projections. There have been a lot of folks that have gotten involved in this, and I appreciate that. Ro and I both appreciate that. Um, but it's not hard to get involved in this. A lot of things to get involved you've already done, such as liking um, the Scarab Scuttlebutt and Red 5 Network on Twitter, subscribing to us on YouTube, uh, leaving us a, a comment or a rating on iTunes, that sort of thing. These are all the easy ways to get involved uh, in Scare of 2001. And when you tweet something on uh, Twitter, just uh, give it the hashtag Scare of 2001 and you'll be entered. And what I'm giving away, uh, I posted some pictures. It's stuff from my own, I call it my Star Wars sanctuary. I've collected a whole bunch of things uh, over the years and I want to give away something good. Uh, we have uh, Rachel, one of our followers. She's very, uh, well, She's I think she's probably definitely in the lead right now uh, for the giveaway. Uh, she's trying to get the R2-D2, but uh, there's a couple holocrons uh, pictures, some some of the old uh, Hasbro toys, uh, 500th figure for Vader, stuff like that. Uh, check out that pinned thread on my account, Jedi Mind Trick 79. Get all the details on Scare of 2001 and uh, help us build the community. <laughs> And uh, speaking of community, red5network.com uh, is live and ready for you guys. Uh, just to give you a little uh, update, and uh, if you guys don't know already, we've uh, created a community of uh, podcasters and Star Wars content creators. Lovely bunch of folks, a wonderful community, and uh, a great network. Follow us over at red five network on twitter as well maybe we have one more question on on uh century mode but even if not uh i can't resist a question about star wars what are the major differences between the theatrical version of empire strikes back and the special edition version obviously the biggest difference between the two is the emperor uh, you have the extended uh, conversation between vader and the emperor and of course the emperor uh, actor change they actually substituted in uh, Ian McDermott for the Emperor, and uh, no more, no more monkey eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and the uh, other major change—I uh, don't know if it's major—but uh, the extended uh, scene at the end uh, after uh, Vader's uh, reveal uh, of the uh, Vader walking out towards his—you know—taking the shuttle to a star destroyer, and the extended cut there, then you know, preparing. Uh, the shuttle for uh, the the star destroyer for his arrival. Uh, some of my some of my favorite sequences of the special edition version of the Empire Strikes Back are all the extended uh, scenery in uh, Cloud City. Yep. Uh, some of the most beautiful images that I've seen in a Star Wars. I uh, really loved how they uh, extended the Falcon's landing too, just to see a little bit more. Uh, awe inspiring. It's really really uh, fantastic work. I love it. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Empire Strikes Back special edition is probably the best uh, work that they did for for a special edition, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not too crazy about that uh, 3D rock that they put in front of uh, R2 in A New Hope. 
Um, although the uh, Moss Eisley stuff is really great to look at as well. But, um, you know, my favorite film of all time is Empire Strikes Back. So the special edition to me is kind of like, you know, extra icing on the cake. Yeah, I think it was the least screwed with, but uh, they, they made some the right changes on there. I You know, there's some people that don't like the uh, Star Destroyer cut sequences there at the end. But I, I think it adds a nice little touch. Sure. Showing, uh, you know, Vader leaving and Luke leaving at the same time. I, I don't mind those at all. All right, guys, we've got some Star Wars news for you on today's release. Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Casting announcement news. Jimmy Smits and Alistair Petrie are set to appear in the highly anticipated Cassian Andor Disney Plus series. How will their inclusion help shape this Rogue One follow-up series? Chime in and let us know. And fan favorite Katie Sackhoff to bring her role from Clone Wars Bo-Katan into live-action Star Wars. This would play well in the current Mandalorian timeline as we did see, spoilers, the Darksaber at the end of Season 1 of Mando. Is she coming back for it? And if so, who will join her on that struggle? We'll have to wait and see. Season 2 of The Mandalorian is set to release later this year. For more Star Wars news, check out farfarawaynews.com and join us on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, a proud affiliate. So, any last thoughts on the rule of two, folks in the chat, or Brad, the rule of two, the Sith Empire has returned. Yeah, I still want to know how Yoda knew about the rule of two. Um, I think he's holding out on us. But this is just one of those things we talk about all the time. This movie came out in 1977, and we're talking about it many decades later. These are the conversations that we like to have. Uh, these are the conversations we like to have on the Scare of Scuttlebutt and uh, as part of the Red 5 Network. So uh, it's been a great talk, and uh, I truly appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, we kind of did this show on a whim, you know, decided to do it live on a whim. Um, and uh, so we're glad that you guys came out and uh, helped record with us. Brad, once again, it was a pleasure for you to talk with me. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Always. And thank you, everybody in the chat. This is Ro from the Scarif Podcast. On behalf of Brad and the rest of hashtag Team Scarif, Brad, take it away. Just remember, folks, it's always sunny on Scarif, and that's the scuttlebutt. It's not that good of a show. We don't don't get that kind of a rollout. (laughs) I'll fix it in post. (laughs) Ha <laughs>